And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am one of your hosts, Brittany Brumbucker, alongside the beautiful, the stunning, the magnificent, oh my the God. gorgeous Christine Steimer. Thank you so much. You're just gassing me up over here. It's one of my new favorite things to do when it's the Steinbacher show is just introduce you. Like the lovely woman you are. I feel like I need to bring you with me everywhere, though, in order to do that. Like, if I'm meeting a prospective boy, and then I'll just be like, hold on, here's Brittany. <laughs> and you'll I be like, your business card. Ta-da! And you'll be like, she's amazing. And then they'll be like, she's crazy. Goodbye. So this is another Steinbacher show. Uh, our lovely Andrea Renee was going to join us this week. However, her PC was having some major issues, and today was her final day of kind of funny... And so we're like, girl, why don't you, and her movers are coming tomorrow. It's a whole thing. She's moving, right? She's very busy. Very busy. So we're like, girl, like, this is the last thing you need. Why don't you just step away? Just have a peaceful, relaxing evening, drink a bottle of wine, pet your cats, and we will, we'll take uh, episode 122. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we got this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so let's get into some housekeeping. Okay, so PAX West was the thing that happened. Obviously, last week we took some R&R. We uploaded our PAX West panel as our episode last Friday. And if you enjoyed it, great. If not, boo. But, but we just wanted also, to give... So thank you to anybody who came to that panel live. Oh, yeah. That was a weird time. 7 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, it was a weird time. So we really appreciate all those who made the effort to come on out. Yes, and thank you to Square for sponsoring our amazing party, our Life is Strange party at Art Marble 21 that Friday. And yeah, like Simon said, everyone who came out and hung out, we really appreciate it. It was it got a little stuffy in there, a little hot. As uh, Simon knows, people in Seattle don't really believe in air conditioning. No. No, they do so, not. So those few months a year that it gets kind of hot, it gets real hot. But it was still a great time. We had a lot of fun seeing everyone and meeting you, shaking your hands, having some drinks, having some shots. And it was really cool to meet the voice actors of Sean and Daniel from Life is Strange as well. Yeah, it really was. It was a good time. Um, another thing regarding Patreon. Okay, so we are going to be streaming. Obviously, we have our Patreon-exclusive streams this month. However, we're still kind of figuring out the ki- working out the kinks because, like we said, Andrea is moving, and it's just like everything's up in the air. So these could be happening really quick. Just want to give everyone a heads up. We might be like, oh, my God, we have three days to do this this whole month, and those three days start tomorrow. Let's go. Yes. Also, uh, another quick note. I know Brittany already mentioned this in the Patreon blog but uh our uh august postcards it could be a little late <laughs> oh yeah there you know some there's some miscommunications they happen so yeah if you are a postcard or you've got mail or polaroid patron um for august you will be getting yours this month along our actual september postcards and polaroids as well and speaking of patreon just want to give a little shout out to patreon.com slash what's good games i don't feel like we talk about it enough on this podcast but it really is what helps keep our lights on and 
you know, keeps this lovely thing going. We just uploaded some fun vlogs this week and last week. They are Patreon exclusive. Samer wanted to murder a fire alarm. Yep. CO2 slash fire alarm because they're all one unit and both of mine died. Yeah. Uh, this week and it was not fun. Not fun. And Andrea's uh, latest vlog was her saying goodbye to our studio in San Francisco. So these are fun things we do once a week, and we just kind of talk about whatever the hell we want. It's just a little fun way for us to talk about things other than video games sometimes. And before we get into the news, I just want to also ask you, if you enjoy what we do here at What's Good Games, if you wouldn't mind heading over to that little iTunes or wherever podcast platform you like and subscribe to us and leave us a five-star review, that would be great. Because those little five-star reviews offset the one-star reviews we get, like this one from Lucky0317 called No Personality. And the quote is, they seem fake. He's got it right. He or she. <laughs> he or she. Got it right. We're, we are the fakest bitches you will ever meet. We are. We don't like actually like video games at all. We just no. do this for this the, is the easy best. money. Yeah, easy, easy money. <laughs> easy money. A yeah, whole right. year of no payment. Easy money. I know. I tell people that. It's like, I've been doing this for like 10 years now, and you think I can make a living wage off this fan? We do it because we love it. Anyway, yes. so if you wouldn't mind. We, oh, this is funny. We also got a two-star review from someone who said we spent too much time mispronouncing names. That's probably the Patreon list. It's absolutely the Patreon <laughs> list. But they're like, two-star review. Your podcast sucks. Actually, they actually liked our, they liked our content. They just didn't like the fact that we, you know. Man, they docked us three stars for that. Yeah. That's some, you know. that's some harsh criticism. This is why we need your support, friends. <laughs> also, shout out to our Patreon producers, Alex Rogopoulos, Chewie's Godson, David Igalucci, Ferris Atea, Atea, and Mohammed Mohammed. And welcome to our Patreon community, Nathan F., Chris Young, Audrey Watson, Carla Callahan, Brenda Clark, Son of the Sun, with you, Stephanie Lancaster, Jason Evans, Tony Baraka, yeah, Joe Jordan, Mago, Christian, Warren Chu, Okayla, Aaron Saxton, welcome back, and David Taylor. We appreciate you so, so, so much. And before we can get into the news, we want to say thank you to our sponsor this week, Raycon. So, Steimer, mm-hmm. it's 2019 and everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price as any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, Brandy, and J.R. Smith are already obsessed. Raycon's E50 wireless earbuds have totally changed the game for me. They're comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. I recently started going to the gym, and they have been a godsend. Because they're so little and they don't take, you know, I hate it when you wear like big headphones because this is the amateur mistake I made, Simon. Mm. I wore these big headphones and then it got really sweaty. Yeah, no, you're right. Your sweat's a real thing. Yeah. So unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great. They sound great, too. Yeah. So like I also I also exercise a lot um, and I, you know, will go running sometimes after I train and I had been using these earbuds that did have like the dangling wires and I did not realize until I got these Raycons how much nicer it is to not have that like <laughs> like just freaking cable around you. Um so they're amazing. I also wore them all over packs because my hotel was a little bit farther away. So I'd be walking, you know, at least ten to fifteen minutes to get to the con and so I'd just pop in my earbuds, listen to some tunes and walk, and it was great. 
Perfect walk for Christine Seimer. Mm-hmm. And they offer a fun range of colors, too, and different sizes. It's really cool, unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash what's good to get 15% off of your order. That's buyraycon.com slash what's good for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash what's good. All right, let's get into some news. And... I guess we'll just start with this bad boy. Final Fantasy VII Remake continues to look like a brand new game. Grunt, I grunt, just, grunt. I, I am grunting. It was a thing. I, oh my God. Okay, so this write-up comes up from Kotaku. It's short, but then I have, of course, like my Brit list of things I want to like deep dive into. Okay, so blinking you'll miss some of the brand new additions to Final Fantasy VII for the remake as showcased in this new trailer that Square Enix put out in honor of the Tokyo Game Show this week. Oh yeah, we should have started with that. It's TGS, where TGS will be starting. So we're recording this on Wednesday evening, and I'm sure by the time this show goes live on Friday, there's going to be a whole bunch of new new stuff out. But for now, we'll just cover what we got. So among other things, there's a new boss fight with Reno, mm, some sort of dart minigame, mm, a brand new member of Soldier, Hot Blonde Man, a bike sequence Ooh, with an NPC... Man. Mm-hmm. A bike sequence with the NPC members of Avalanche, QTE Pull-Ups, a President Shinra hologram, and someone's of Ifrit and Shiva, both of whom are obtained way after Midgard in the original version of Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out on March 3rd, 2020. It will, we now know, include Cloud wearing a dress. Wait, what? what is that sentence about? Okay. <laughs> so in the, we'll just start with that, because that's also, that's also one of my notes. Okay, so in the original Final Fantasy VII, um, there is, you are with Aerith, and so Aerith and Ares is the same person, but I think it was just a mistranslation, so Aerith is like the correct name for this girl. Do you know which one she is? Yes, Brown hair, pink yes. dress. Okay. I played part of this game, I just never... Oh, you have? I've only played like maybe 10 hours of it. Oh, so you probably got through this part, you probably just don't remember it then. So there's a the part where you and Aerith are just chilling, and you see Tifa being carried away in a carriage, and you guys are like, yo, like what the hell's going on with that? We should go investigate. So the two of you go and look, like, try to figure out where she is or why she's in the back of a carriage. And you go to the honeybee, which I think is just like a brothel. And you nice. talk to the guy, you talk to the guy up front and he's like, Oh yeah, Tifa's our new girl. But if you wanted to see her, you know, she's at the Don, Don Corneo's house having an interview. This is what we do with all of our new, new girls. So then you're like, okay, let's go to his mansion. So you go to Don Corneo's mansion. And there's a dude out front and he stops you from going in saying like, Cloud, you can't come in because you're like a dude, but Aerith, you're cute. You can come in. And Aerith turns to Cloud. She's like, Hey, I'll just go in and I'll see how Tifa's doing, make sure she's okay. And Cloud's like, you're not going in there by yourself, baby girl. And so now they're in this predicament. Like, what do they do? And so Mm -hmm. Aerith's brilliant idea is let's turn you into a woman. Ah, yes. The old yes. cross-dressing bit. This is the old cross-dressing dress. Yeah, yeah. So then it turns into this whole mission where you get to pick out a dress. Um, You get a wig. If you go the extra mile, you can get a tiara and makeup and some other stuff. And you can actually be like the chosen girl of the dawn that evening. Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, it's. I mean, we knew this was coming back. It's. I mean, I think it's been confirmed for even a few years now. But it's just cool to see, um, you know, more of it. Because you see... Don Corneo, Corneo, like, in his bed, like, saying, hey, give, give me some sugar. And it's like, okay, that's creepy. But what's interesting is that it looks like Tifa and Aerith are both with Cloud 
when he's going to get this dress. It, that's kind of what alludes to why this is interesting is because in the original, it's only Aerith you have with you. You don't have Tifa with you. Right. So it would be fun if Tifa's along for that ride, which kind of leads me into the squat mini game, which is why this is important because you go to a gym and then you have to compete in a squat competition in Wait, order to obtain pull ups. Is it squats or pull ups? So squats is the original. So the pull ups is new. Oh, okay. We, yeah. So in, um, yeah, so what you do is you have to compete in a squat competition in order to get the blonde wig that Cloud wears. So it's a Got mini it. game, but then you see Tifa doing pull-ups, which makes you wonder, okay, is that a mini game that takes place later? Or is like she along for that whole like side quest? Because it can't be too much later because the entirety of this first episode is taking place in Midgar. Which is interesting because it only takes like maybe average like four to six hours to get through Midgar in uh, the original Final Fantasy VII. But anyway, it's real good. So other things that I noticed. Okay, obviously we got the Turks. You got Reno. He's a dude with the red hair. He's he's very attractive man. Have you seen the trailer yet? No, I haven't. Okay, so yeah, because at this point I'm like, I mean, I'm just gonna play it. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Just give me the game. Good. I love you for it. Um, so I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stay away from spoilers because I am one of those people who like, I think people, if they can experience this for the first time, they should. So I won't give anything away, but it's cool that you get to see the Turks. And, um, let's see this other note I have. Oh yeah. And obviously we know we're getting a few different story tweaks and additional scenes, which makes sense because this game is supposed to be in line. Well, this first, um, installation in line with the mainline Final Fantasy game. So like 30 ish plus hours has kind of been like what's been said and like i said you know you can get through midgar in the first four to six hours so obviously there has to be a lot more to do here so we see a scene where um Aerith is with marlene and if you don't know what i'm talking about i'm sorry but those who do know what i'm talking about they'll appreciate it and uh one of the turks comes to get her and that's going to be new footage that we haven't seen before because in the original final fantasy 7 like she's just like straight up like taken and I know I said I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but this isn't anything major. And But you don't get to see how that confrontation went down. So I think we're kind of getting an idea of where they're going to be exploring more story beats that we may have missed out on the first time. We also see some paragliding, which is new. It shows Biggs and Jesse, And maybe this will take place after a certain thing is destroyed and comes down, which might mean some certain characters might actually live in this game. That would be kind of cool. Um, again, we got the new blonde hot boy soldier on a bike. And... There we go. Those are like my biggest takeaways. Obviously, the summons look really great. You get to see Shiva, and she's just like this beautiful ice goddess, and I love her so much, and I'm just very excited about you all of this. You should love me. Oh, I should. That's right. I mean, well, I do love you anyway. not the correct way, but yeah. Yeah, I do love you about that. So also what's been kind of interesting chatter is how this whole um, – the whole honeybee scene is going to be played out because there's some – controversy because of the way the game the way the game portrayed certain things in the um, original Final Fantasy 7. So, on your quest to to uh, infiltrate the Don, Don Corneo's mansion and I hope his first name is Don. I hope I'm not making that up. I feel like I'm just saying that out of like pure habit. So, hold on, quick to it's Google. It's really search. it's really like a it is, liquor it is. that you yeah, really like I to know. drink. I was like, man, yeah, that's right, Don Corneo. So, in order to get in there, Cloud, you can get a membership key so you can actually get into the brothel. And Aerith is like, what are you doing? And Cloud says, well, you know, I, I for for research, I'm really going to be 
a woman. I need to be able to get in here and see like what I can get done and whatever. And he does get his makeup done in there. But there's different rooms in there that you can pick and choose if you want to like, okay, so you can choose a room that I'm assuming is supposed to be translated to like the fuck room. And I say that because it's in the game, it's the and it's all those like little symbols like the at symbol, the exclamation point, you know, like in a comic, instead of swearing, they would just use all those symbols strung together. You've seen yes. that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can go into that room and Cloud goes in there and he um kind of has like a weird like tra- a vision. He's he's kind of tripping balls a bit. And then he wakes up and then he wakes up to being rubbed and then these are the sounds that are being described. It's like rub rub thump pound poik p o i k squish. You hear and then Cloud says ow. And then he wakes up and there's a dude on top of him, a dude wearing like a super tight wrestling outfit kind of thing. And he's like pounding on him, like literally. And he's like, don't get so depressed. (laughs) He says, don't get so depressed over a thing like this. It happens to me all the time. And then you get lingerie from the room attendant as like a sorry prize, which then goes on to like the um, Don Corneo mission. So like that was like a little weird, but like it's nothing crazy. Right. But I think where people get a little uncomfortable is when you go into the bathtub room. And so Cloud goes into the bathtub room and he's standing there. And these are just, like I said, rooms in a brothel. And then these like nine burly men with like these really tight, like little uh, outfits. They're the same dudes that are from the gym where you have to do the squats to get the blonde wig. Like they come in and they're like, hey, we're going to rub you down and like clean you up and all that kind of stuff. And Cloud says, I have no time to be messing around with you. And then the dude, because I watched it again today, the one of the main guys says, loosen up, Bubby. Let's wash off our sweat and dirt together. And then it shows Cloud, like, kind of backing up, like, as close as he can to, like, the player, you know, in terms of the camera angle. And then it shows all these dudes, like, crowding him. And then the screen kind of fades. And then you hear the sound of his clothes being taken off. And then you hear the one of the dudes go, whoa, look at that. And then it pans over. And then Cloud's back in the bathtub with, like, nine of these men. And his head, all you can see is the top of his head. And the main guy asks him, well, like, how do you like this? And you can either respond by saying nothing or you can say it hurts. And if you select it hurts, Cloud says it's too stuffy in here. And then the main guy says, oh, you'll get used to it. Try counting to 10. And so then Cloud counts to 10. And meanwhile, this guy is like just saying kind of creepy stuff to him. He gets to 10 and the guy's like, why don't you stick around and play a bit? Daddy is so lonely. And then he like leaves. So I don't know if you've heard about like the honeybee like controversy and how it's going to be played out, but that's more or less it. It sounds like there's just some hints of non-consensual rubbing. Sure. Obviously this game came out in the nineties. Things were just like a little different in terms of like what's appropriate, what's not to make light of, you know, in terms of culture, pop culture and stuff like this. But anyway, I kind of went on a tangent, but that's just like, (laughs) it was, I was like, that's, this is a lot to digest. I did because this is like what people are talking about, like how the cross-dressing scene, how is this going to lead to the honeybee scene? Anyway, I know I went down the thing, but it's okay. That's, but that's the thing that people are talking about. And I apologize. Got it. All right, Sam, are you up? For now I one? know. Now, uh, you know. mine's story so boring, but fine. All right. You can do the next two if and you... I can run out the second one. Okay. That is fine. Um, okay. Apple Arcade, release date, price, games, and everything else you need to know. This is from Tech Radar. So as you may know, Apple had their event this week, and it talked about a lot of shit. Uh, there was Apple Watch garbage. I'm just kidding. If you like these <laughs> things, then they're great. But uh, there was a lot of, like, yeah, there's right. iPad, Watch. Uh, one of those things was also Apple Arcade. 
Um, so the gaming subscription service will release on September 19th and costs $4.99 US. Um, that is, of course, different pricing for other regions. Uh, but the Apple Arcade subscription service for games is just the latest sign of Apple getting on the gaming bandwagon with the curated list of exclusive titles all set to come to your iPhones, iPads, MacBook computers, and even Apple TV at an affordable monthly cost. It's Apple's take on the whole Netflix for gaming approach, tying gamers into a monthly subscription that gives them access to top quality video gaming adventures that aren't available anywhere else. Apple Arcade has a good heritage behind it. Apple was... Er- arguably the first company to take mobile gaming seriously and make it financially viable. And as a result, it's now got the backing of some of the most important names in mobile game development. It's also great news for Mac owners who have always played second fiddle to PC gamers when it comes to finding top-notch gaming experiences on their platform. Apple Arcade boasts over 100 unique, and then in the story it says read indie (laughs) titles, (laughs) exclusive to Apple's devices, including Beneath a Steel Sky, a remake of the classic adventure game with art by Watchmen comic book legend Neil Gibbons, and in addition, the uh, collection of games available is set to be curated by experts and will be updated monthly and will include original releases from renowned creators Hironobu Sakaguchi, I am so sorry, uh, Ken Wong, Will Wright, and more. Um, So... I personally, obviously, I'm not a huge mobile gamer. I've played a few things on my phone, uh, like Florence and uh, Lego Tower. But this is definitely one of those subscription services I will be opting out of and not bothering <laughs> with. <laughs> Sorry. That's not what I was expecting. That was oh, really? Cool. Okay. <laughs> well, because you're like, this is one of the services I will be. Because, I mean, it's a good deal, right? Like, $5 and you get, like, these reoccurring games. And It's not a good the, deal if you're not going to play them. If you're not going to play it, no. No, if you are. I'm looking at this list of developers who are um, supporting pledging. And you got, like, Sega, Devolver Digital, Raw Fury, Gameloft, um, I think Anna, Is Anna Perina in there? I think they were. Yep, yeah. They have their uh, one game, Konami. Yeah, so there's, like, a lot of good, uh, it's all, you know, Yeah, it all looks really yeah. interesting, but I just know myself but, and that's oh, not... Yeah. Not for me. Capcom, Square Enix, Ubisoft as well. No, same here. I'm right with you. I think this is awesome. It seems like good bang for your buck, especially since you can share it among your family members. Like, that's real this is what This is what ticks me off. This is what grinds oh, my gears. Look at you, baby girl. We, talk to me. I was talking about this with a friend. Um, and we were both commiserating about the fact that they're always like, with Netflix, any of these subscription services, right? They're like, you can share it with your family. And I'm like... Bitch, it's just me. I am my family. This is all I've got. So, like, <laughs> where's my cheaper price? Because I can't split the cost between a bunch of people and justify it. Like, if I had four people in my family, oh, my God, a dollar person, amazing. It's just me. I have a single person tax, and I don't appreciate it. I I mean, listen, Sam, I'm your family, and I'm not blood-related. You and I can join a family <laughs> plan. And Can I know, go on your cell phone plan? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to join my Nintendo Switch Online membership? Yeah, actually, I do. Okay. I don't have a family plan, though, oh, so I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, why, I, wow, I what a tease. I know. I know it sounded good, and I realized I had nothing to offer you. I'm so oh, sorry. You're just that. like every other man in my life. <laughs> I love you. But, yeah, like, like, cool. This is, I mean, I'm sure they're going to be, I mean, I looked at some of the games. They looked fine, but like Simer, it just doesn't do it for me. If I have my phone, chances are I'm reading about video game news or I'm looking at some stupid article on BuzzFeed or checking my email. I just don't play games on my phone. Yeah. Actually, there is a, a few games that I do like to play. And then, oh, what's it called? I talked about it 
on a show maybe last year, and I can never say the name of it. Um, hold on, I gotta pull it up. It's the okay. games. It's like it's supposed to look like a normal lost phone. It, it's those oh, where it, yeah, it fits yeah, yeah. Your, um, they're, they're basically you're finding a phone and like unlocking yeah. mysteries. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it called another lost phone? I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, there, there's a, a lo- normal lost phone and like another lost phone, but the one I'm talking about in particular, and I could never say it last time, Sumulakara, Sumulakara. Oh, Sumulakara. yeah, I don't know how to say it either. S I M U L A S I M U L A C R A. Sumulakara. I don't know how to say it. Anyway, there's a new one coming out, and these ones are fun because it's mostly about the phones being like possessed and like people are dead, and it's my kind of thing. Oh yeah, that does. Those are the kind of games. Spooky shit. That's the kind of games I like to play on my phone. But anywho, yeah, good for you guys. Do the thing. Get it if you want it. Yes. But not for us. See. All right, girl. All right. I'm to read the next one, and I can just grunt. You will be grunting a lot because guess what, everybody? Project Resistance mind. revealed as team-based Resident Evil game. This comes to us from Polygon. So Project Resistance has been revealed ahead of Tokyo Game Show as a, quote, brand new team-based survival horror experience, perhaps similar to Resident Evil Outbreak. The game looks like a four-player cooperative game using online multiplayer and features a variety of characters going against a robot man who seems to be in control. The robot man looks similar to Mr. X from Resident Evil 2, but we can't really be sure if it's him or not yet. While being teased, the new game was dubbed Project Resistance, though it seems like the game will be keeping this title. Fans will be able to watch gameplay at the Camp Capcom booth during Tokyo Game Show at set times. Japanese residents will get to go hands-on with the game, but only if they've registered in advance. Project Resistance will be released on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One at an undetermined time, apparently. God, this is. I wish that we got to get more information about this game before we recorded the show, but we have not heard anything else. We've seen the trailer, so I'm going to break down the trailer, and I won't talk as long as I did about Final Fantasy VII. I promise. It does. It really does look like Mr. X. It, yeah, because it, it is. I, I, okay, why so, the article is like we're not sure, but I'm like looking. I'm literally just looking at the thumbnail. I'm like, I played not enough of Resident Evil, and I'm looking <laughs> at it. And I'm like, is that not Mr. X? Because it looks exactly like him. Yeah, I don't, the robot man, I think, I think personally they may have just been a little confused because my, my understanding, my belief is that the person in the control room is like, or is a real person, but he just puts on these like mechanical gloves, which then, then allows him to control Mr. X. Okay. So the trailer, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's is only Mr. like a X minute. A robot? No, he's, okay. He's I didn't a think so. Weapon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the trailer is only like a minute and a half, but. You see, it opens up and a dude, wa- this is the mystery man. He walks into a control room. There's a billion monitors and like VCR looking tech and stuff. So you assume it's kind of like probably set in the nineties. My assumption. Anyway, big control room. And I was trying to do some sleuthing and I'm like looking on the monitors to see, you know, like where are they? And then one of the areas did look like the parking garage from, um, Resident Evil 2 remake. Couldn't be totally sure. Just throwing that out there. So then he sits down and he pushes a whole bunch of buttons and then you see this like five minute mission timer start clicking down or ticking down and then it shifts to the laboratory where you see four people walking through looking all cautious like cautious cali and one guy has a shotgun one girl has like it looks like a wooden plank with nails on it so a variety of melee weapons and then the dude starts flipping switches and when he starts flipping switches as they're walking through these areas different enemies come out so the first wave of enemies you get is just like eight or nine typical slow shambling zombies and if you look real close our favorite timer you won't understand this but our favorite resident evil 2 girl she's wearing like the pink tank top with the jean shorts she makes a cameo and i just now noticed her and i thought that was really cool so she's in there and then he starts flipping other switches and then he unleashes a liquor 
And then once the liquor is dead, he, that's when he puts on like these gloves and then, um, and then it pans over to Mr. X who lifts his head up and then his eyes start glowing red and then the guy's gloves start gro- uh, glowing red. So then you assume, okay, this guy is controlling Mr. X, which like isn't out of the realm of possibilities. All these things have been like created, you know, with viruses and other weird things. So sure. Why not? Why not? And so, why, so Mr. X is a tyrant and so there are a lot of tyrants. So there's not just like, nece- there's only one Mr. X in our hearts, but you know, like tyrants are a plenty. Um, so is tyrants like a specific thing in this universe or do you just mean yeah it's a it's um it's a particular bioweapon you would think of like a like like you like it like a liquor it's like its own certain thing got it think of it like that yeah um so the question is what kind of game is this i like to i would like to think in my perfect brit world it's just a pure co-op game but there is reason to think obviously that this could be a 4v1 oh yeah that would make sense yeah yeah, and I and I hope it's not. I mean, I just have never really been unless I can play with AI. <laughs> Simon knows I don't like playing with people, especially like. Yes. <laughs> you don't even like playing co-op, so the only person you're going to play this with is Jason. Well, yeah, I mean, probably, but like, if I have to play against, I mean, <laughs> if I, I, don't I have deny, to play with you. I guess I'll play with you. I don't even deny it at this point. No, it's. I don't know. So I could, it could go either way. I could see it being a 4v1, but I would like to think it's just a pure co-op shooter where you go throughout specific areas of Raccoon City. Cause what the dude is wearing a Raccoon City, um, I think it's a varsity jacket, which is one of the things in the Outbreak game. So, um, I like to think it's maybe post Outbreak and Resident Evil 2. It would be cool if we could get some stories in this that would be canon. Just kind of show us what that outbreak was like a few weeks after it happens in Raccoon City before everything gets blown to smithereens. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to see. There's just, we'll just have to see. It would be cool if that was Wesker. And that's like one of the old, the main baddies, um, of like the first five or five or six games. If you want to count like RE0 and Code Veronica. Anyway, I'm getting way too nerdy about I this. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're about to find out what's, what the sad part is. Obviously we're recording this on Wednesday and the show starts tomorrow. Uh, yeah. so we will probably have a much better idea of what this game is, but. If you Google it right now, I'm sure you will find new information on exactly what Project Resistance is. <sighs> anyway, yeah, it's cool. I think it's I think it's great. I think Capcom's in a good position right now where they can kind of test, not test their wings, oh, spread their wings. There we go. Spread and their try- wings and try to not fall to their deaths. Please don't. That would be very sad. I mean, they're killing it with Monster Hunter. Obviously, Devil May Cry did really good. Resident Evil's in a really good spot. So I understand why people are nervous about nervous about this, but it's, you know, we're still going to get RE8. We're still going to get our RE3 remake. This is just them trying something new. And if it works for them, sweet. If not, well, they'll know about it. Yep. All right. <laughs> this one's fucking crazy. All right. Nintendo teases Switch peripheral focused on physical exercise. Sammy, have you seen this trailer? I, I clicked on it before the show. But okay. Sorry. Okay. So this comes from gamesindustry.biz. Nintendo has teased a new peripheral for its Switch console, which seems to amplify and extend its motion control functions. Yesterday, Nintendo released a video that shows the new controller in action. The peripheral is split into two parts, a wheel and a strap, each of which can house a Joy-Con controller. The video depicts people in various countries using the controllers with the wheel gripped in the, in the hands and the strap attached to the thigh. Many of these activities involve physical exercise, running, stretching, aerobics, and adopting yoga-like positions. Nintendo will reveal more details on September 12th, aka tomorrow for us, but the very yes, so fact- AKA yesterday for you, everybody oh listening God. to this. 
The worst. Nintendo's always the worst at this. But the very fact that the name and precise nature of the controller were not included is significant in itself. A teaser preceding a full announcement is a tactic often employed with products considered to be a major launch. The physical exercise depicted in the video is also familiar territory for Nintendo. The most obvious example being Wii Fit, which was a huge hit back in 2008. Since then, the Japanese company has made frequent references to its interest in promoting health and quality of life through its products. So visually, if any of you have ever done Pilates before, the wheel is a Pilates wheel. That's almost exactly what it is. Mm. Um, I've used them before. <laughs> so it, it was interesting. When I watched it, I was like, that's just a Pilates wheel, but like, <laughs> like with a thing to put your controller in it. So I'm yeah. curious to see how much this ba- bad boy is. Yeah, yeah, and it reminds me of just all of the weird things Nintendo has done. And it's like, I, I say They're this They're trying the to make the world a better place, Brittany. They like, are. Let them, I, like, I, people be fit. Yep, and hey, you know what? The Wii Fit, the balance board, that was the first time Are I they going to call yoga. it Switch Fit? Oh, my God. They Switch, should. Switch Fit sounds fun. Switch Fit, I like it. But no, the balance board was the first time I ever did yoga, <clears throat> and I learned about it. And so actually now Jason and I are doing like 20 minutes of yoga a day because we, we are very, we, we need to, we can't, we're not flexible at all. So she's like naming off all these poses and like, oh, I learned that and we yoga or we fit yoga like six years ago or 13 years ago. Holy shit. So speaking of other weird things Nintendo's doing, they have that sleep tracker. So Steimer, this news broke, I think when we were in London. So I think we, I, I know I kind of missed it and I didn't really hear a lot about it, but it's called Pokemon Sleep. And yes, it uses, no, I saw it because I was, I made a jet lag joke of like, can Pokemon sleep help me get to sleep right now? Oh yeah, I yeah. Sleep. I remember that joke. That was a good joke, Sam. You're the best. Um, it uses the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, which is what it's called. And what it does is it monitors user sleep patterns, rewards them for time spent sleeping. Quote, the concept of this game is for players to look forward to waking up every morning. That's oh my like, god, that's so sad. I know. So that might CEO. be the saddest mission statement I've ever heard. I know. That was, that was said by the CEO of the Pokemon company. On one hand, I'm like, oh man. On the other hand, I'm like, hey, if it works for someone, hey. I know, you know? but like, ah. I know. And then they, in 2014, they had that quality of life platform they announced, which is probably died. I think it's actually been rumored that it's been dead for a while. But what it was, it was a sensor that monitored and analyzed you while you slept. And it was just something you would stick like next to you and use radio waves. It would check out your heart rate, respiration, fatigue, and it just would like basically scope you out all throughout the night. Um, and they even partnered with a manufacturer who specializes in medical equipment and everything, but clearly that fell through. And then never forget the Wii Vitality sensor. That never became a thing. Oh yeah. It was just like literally a heart monitor clip. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I appreciate they're trying to do good things for the world. It's just like, cool. It's just silly. I mean, I won't, I don't need this, but other people, if this gets you interested in fitness, cool. Um, if it makes it seem approachable, cool. Uh, yeah, you do you, boo boo. That's right. All right. This is like, it needs to be called Switch Fit. If it does not, if it's not called Switch Fit, I'm going to be upset. Are you going to boycott? I mean, I'm going to boycott it anyway because I don't need it, but, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know. All right. Are this you, next one, are you doing the you. next one? Oh, oh, no. This is all you. Oh, you're such a kind soul. All right, everybody. People have been tweeting this at me constantly. And me either. Both of us, they're like, you guys need to play this. And I'm like, I love that you're thinking of me about this, Just like with, with the story. So for those who do not know, KFC <laughs> is apparently creating a Colonel Sanders dating oh simulator. Oh, my God. 
which looks remarkably like Dream Daddy, may I say. Mm. Um, KFC, so this comes to us from Polygon. KFC, yes, the fast food restaurant, is working on a video game. With developer PSYOP, the fried chicken connoisseurs are releasing a dating simulator called I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking good dating simulator. <laughs> it's so dirty. Which is so dirty. Uh, and there is an exclamation point after Sanders' official you know branding and everything yeah um, there you go the game popped up on steam this morning as quote coming soon according to the listing a kfc representative told polygon the game will be available for free on steam on september 24th uh quote from the same people who brought you the bucket of chicken comes the world's <laughs> first colonel sanders dating simulator the description reads i love you colonel sanders a finger licking good dating simulator will put players <laughs> in control of a quote promising culinary student oh. who's studying alongside a young quote young young colonel sanders this is not old man colonel sanders um <laughs> while looking for love you've got to make it through the culinary school part too if you're lucky colonel sanders might even take you on as a business partner Ooh, a partner in bed partner in life uh <laughs> of the nine characters there's also a dog who is apparently a professor at the culinary school, of course. Of course. Of course. KFC says that there are multiple hours of gameplay, a secret ending, and recipes. There are also cooking battles, 11 herbs and spices, and plenty of, quote, cute miniature food. The listing also reminds potential players a few times that, yes, KFC did really make this game. Uh, well, I love you, Colonel Sanders, a finger-licking good dating simulator. <laughs> It's a bizarre yet intriguing move from the fast food company. <laughs> it's not too out of line. In 2018, KFC launched a gaming Twitter account called KFC Gaming. The social media account is all over the place, hurling memes and video clips all across the internet. Oh my god. This is the I, greatest story of this week. I think we can all agree. I think this is my favorite story you've ever read. <laughs> I, I love you, Colonel Sanders. A finger licking good dating <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, and I appreciate um, that they are just. I mean, uh, the only I don't love that they kind of ripped off Dream Daddy's art style, but I yeah. give them props for knowing that Dream Daddy was popular and for them trying mm-hmm. to, you know, imitate. But uh, uh, they should give those folks some licensing. Um. So, question: uh-huh. Have you seen Have you seen Colonel Sanders? This young, yes. Young- oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Would you hit it? Yeah. Really. One thousand percent. Really. I Actually, just can't. I think I would. I would make him shave the goatee part. I'm fine with the mustache. Yeah. I, he he would have to do something so he doesn't look like himself because I can't see. Him. I'm not okay. This is. I'm not trying to sound like an asshole. I'm kind of repulsed by Colonel Sanders. As you should be. He just pushes gross, greasy chicken on everybody. Yeah, and this, this isn't has anything to do with the physical appearance of him. It's just, it's weird that you have this, like, dude who was, a, like, a cartoon character originally. I don't know his origins. Now he's, like, a real human. And now, apparently, yeah, I can date him. Yeah. And it's just too weird for me. And I, I, I'll end up playing this. I mean, this is too anime style for me to, like get caught up in any of what you just said i'm just like hot anime boy only thing i would do is shave your chin hair because it looks weird i mean that's what colonel sanders colonel sanders facial hair does look like but to me i'm like he'd be so much hotter if he just had the mustache and it would be better because in my opinion it'd be like well young colonel sanders didn't have the goatee part yet like he just had the mustache and then later as he got older he decided to for whatever reason grow this disgusting thing on his chin but um yeah so wait are you are you goatee or mustache? Team goatee, if you had to pick one. For this, for this image, it depends on the person. Every, okay. Everyone's favorite, cause like sometimes the goatee is good if you have to like hide a double chin, but 
that for this guy in particular that I'm looking at on the internet, this Colonel Sanders, lose the goatee, keep the mustache. Mm mm. So I'm looking. Oh, see, yeah, it's kind of a lose lose. I'm looking at his. Why don't you just shave it all off? Well, then he might look too young. No, because he'd look too young. I think the mustache is fine with him. See, I, I don't think like it, actually, it. Oh, I don't mind it at all. I see, would. That, that's that is not a not a barrier for entry. <laughs> the the mustache to me it reminds me too much of old Colonel Sanders. You the know, goatee is what reminds me too much of it. I think uh, if, see, if he lost that, then he would look like a young, cute dude with a mustache. Mm. Maybe just shave it all off, though. Then he'll look 12. I'm not I mean, into that. I'm not either, but it would be better. Never mind. It would not be better. It would not be better. Depicting adults as young children is never a good thing. It's a very creepy thing. I'm just saying, in this case, I think you could shave off the facial hair and he would look at, He would look 18, 19. And it would be okay. But that's it so weird. weird. No, you wouldn't be running a friggin' culinary institute at 18 or 19. Hey, man, I'm sure some people have. I'm sure you're, Yes. In the history of the world, perhaps, but... Are you saying you don't believe in Colonel Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We've, it's one of those shows, just, That made me think of, like, Grandma got run over by a reindeer, and, like, if you believe in Colonel Sanders, but us where we at Grandpa, we believe. What? <laughs> I don't know, like, saying, oh. like, oh, you can say you don't believe in Santa, but you can say you don't believe in Colonel Sanders. Yeah, Okay. And the the other saving grace of this anime character of Colonel Sanders is the little, like, black bow tie thing doesn't look like his body. You know, have you seen those memes where it's, like, that looks like the black bow tie? It's just a big head on a big, on a small body. Have you seen I've that? I've not seen that meme, no. Oh, yeah, it's weird. It weirds me out. All right. Well, I think we've dissected poor Colonel Sanders. He's just so fucking crazy. Oh, out, now I'm looking at the logo and I see it. I see yeah, it. Yeah, you see it? You yeah, see it? That's really funny. Yeah. I can't. I I've never seen I can't see that now. That's unfortunate. I think maybe if his hair wasn't white and he shaved something. No, I like that the hair is white, especially because the art style it's in, because it's super anime and I love it. No, and that's great. It's nothing to, yeah, it's nothing to do with the direction. It's just him. I, I just can't think of the old dude on the commercials. Again, I'm sure the old dude. You're gonna be guy. old too one day. I, I know, hope you God, know this. God damn it, Sam or no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get injected with shit and put in a test tube and I'm gonna be preserved forever and ever. And it's gonna be great. And I'll come out, I'll bang some aliens. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's time to move on. So we're going to end this segment and we'll be back with some hands-on impressions like Gears of War 5 and other things because I haven't read ahead yet. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to segment two of the What's Good Games podcast, where we tell you what we've been getting our grubby hands on. Well, Simon doesn't have grubby hands. Her hands are always My like hands nice are always clean. They are. You always have, like, beautiful manicured nails, and they're just... just I just... So I got good, my girl. gel polish off. Uh, they are nice. bare. That's good. I, I need to get my nails done because they're too, they're objects, they're weapons of mass destruction right now because they're too long. And we are not going to talk about our hands anymore. Okay, so we have been playing video games. So I've been playing Gears 5. I finished Blair, I finished Gears 5. I finished Blair Witch. I've been playing Deadly Premonition wow. Origins. Wait, is Blair Witch short? It's like, yeah, like maybe five hours. Oh, five okay. Six hours? Yeah. Um, and a little bit of Creature in the Well, but I'll wait to talk about that until Andrea's back because she has been playing. I think she finished it. I think she 100 She did. It. Yeah, yeah, she did. Overachiever. All right, Samary. Well, you've been playing Gears. I have, but I've only I've just started Gears. it. Um, because 
So I got this beautiful care package, as I believe you did as well. So thank yes. you, huge thank you to Xbox for sending us over, you know, obviously codes for the game. And then they sent us like consoles and controllers and all sorts of lovely things that I was not yeah. expecting. Um, Amazing. So it was, it was super nice, but I was waiting to install the new Xbox before downloading the game and I'd already started playing Nights and Bikes. So I kind of put it off until I finished that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got into gears last night. I'm obviously not super far into it, but I just started act two. I'm like done with chapter one of act two. And although this may be a premature thing to say, I'm hoping you will confirm or deny for me, Brittany. I feel like this is feeling good. I feel like this mm-hmm. feels more to me like the OG gears did. I did not like for the record. I did not like gears Four. I did okay. not did not finish Gears 4. I felt it was a little boring. I didn't enjoy the level design. I didn't enjoy the set pieces. I just, for the most part, felt it miss, It was missing something for me. Um, and I, I think a lot of that was variety. And I hate to say it, but like soul, I don't know, like soul or like something, whatever that intangible thing is in video yeah, games yeah. that you sometimes are missing. That's what Gears 4 was for me. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think that's... Part of the reason why a lot of JRPGs these days, if they try to recreate like nostalgia of old, like they're great, but it's, you know, they've got a studio like Tokyo RPG Factory. They try to remake JRPGs, but they just lack that certain something. They're Mm -hmm. good games, but they just lack that. mm. Yeah. yeah, Gears 4 was like a fine technical game. Exactly. Um, But but, yeah, like for me, I just, I don't know, something about it was not clicking, didn't like it, didn't finish it. Uh, and mm. it even has like the, one of the loves of my life, Laura Bailey, starring. <laughs> and like, I really like the character Kate. So like, yeah. to me, that, that is what's signifying how I have felt about Gears before. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very excited that now I am super into what's happening here and it's also gorgeous. Like, holy oh. shit. What a walking, they, they have built some beautiful set pieces for you to explore. The lighting is perfect like it's just so so crisp and beautiful it's like an uncharted game in some parts of it um it's just so so pretty and um i lost my train of thought so you pick something up okay i got you girl i got you so yeah it's currently sitting on 85 on metacritic so yeah people are people are digging it so have you played all the other gears games timer um i have finished gears one gears two i finished like three quarters of gears three the only reason i didn't finish that one was because a friend said that they would put this is not a dig at you but a different friend <laughs> this is not throwing shade at britney different friends said that they would play co-op with me so i was waiting for them and waiting for them and waiting for them and then didn't happen it just never happened See, and i never finished the game. I, at least i don't even promise anymore I'm just you like, don't you were fine yeah it is yeah. you i already know better than <laughs> than to like count on you for that um but oh, the, and then gears I four i didn't play because i wasn't enjoying it okay that's Totally fair. Yeah, so I've also played all of them, including Judgment. So I, I like me some gears. You know, after you spend, I mean, after your five, six games into the series, if you include Judgment, you know, you kind of have like a specific bond and expectation from these games. And I agree with Steimer that to me, this one feels like it t- takes everything from the Gears series and just makes it better. There are a few things that I'm like, I'm not sure about, and I'll talk with you about them. So I'm sure. going to get to it. But, um, okay. So we'll keep the spoiler free as well, obviously. So we will not spoil anything for you and never you fear. So again, like Samer said, thanks again to Xbox and the coalition for providing those amazing care packages and the codes. Um, I believe the game comes out on the 16th for everyone, but right now, if you have game pass ultimate, I think it's out. Yeah. It's been out for a while, right? Okay. Yeah. So the, the story of gears five, it picks up after gears of war four, 
Um, that said, I think you can just hop into Gears 5. You might be, here's the thing. I've played all the Gears games and I'm still a little confused. So it's, yeah, I mean, basically like big bad bugs came in and back to the earth. And, and there's this big weapon called the Hammer of Dawn that you're trying to like bring back so you can kill everything. The Hammer of Dawn is essentially a mega powered laser by satellites. satellite. Yes. Um, and, but you need the satellites to coordinate where the Hammer of Dawn actually goes. Uh, so, and it's been a thing since, you know, the beginning, right? Hammer of Dawn. Yeah. So, so good. The one thing that's interesting to me, so I didn't finish Gears 4, but when in Gears 5 in Act 1, it basically recaps mm-hmm. a lot of what happens in Gears 4 that was important, and most of it I've seen. So, like, the fact that I didn't finish that game and I recognized all of those cutscenes, I was like, man, did nothing happen in the last part of this game? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Like, what? It was weird. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot that they do. They they do recap it. So um, so you can just yeah, you can jump yeah. right into this when you do not need to play Gears Four. They will sort of loosely set up exactly what happens. Um, and yeah, you'll be fine. I, I wouldn't yep. want to worry too much about it. There so are Gears, there are bad guys. You shoot them. <laughs> big bugs. Yeah, I think even call them bugs sometimes. So yeah, uh, Gears has always been you know a linear game, and the story progresses as you do the levels. You know, you do a level, you have some dialogue, you go to the next area, rinse, wash, repeat. Um, it, the writing and this game is just so beautiful, and the facial animations are just like, oh, very very good. I was playing with Jason. I played with Jason this whole game, and he made the comment that he thought these were the best facial animations he's seen in a game. I still think God of War is better but these sure. ones are still like these are really good yeah i'm really not gonna good. say that they are the best uh, out of yeah. anything because I, I haven't sat down and like <laughs> compared yeah. but they're very very good and even when they go back to show you the gears for cutscenes, you can see how far they've come graphically yeah. uh which is kind of nice and i feel yeah ex- totally yeah so it's beautiful and you know i you know it's good when you can just look at a character and there's that like the little twitch in their eyebrow or something that just conveys yeah. a thousand words. So it's, it's beautiful. Um, so in this game though, something that's, I don't remember if this was in Gears 4 or if it was, I don't remember this many, but there are a few open areas this time around and maybe they're in the last one, but I can't remember because that game came out years ago and I don't have that good of a memory. But, um, so you, you, there's these two, like, for example, there's two towns, right? And one of them is rather large. And if you want to, like, walk around and check out everything and there's things to collect and conversations to listen in on, one Alana Pierce is actually an NPC in one of the towns, and that's pretty fun when you hear her talking. Um, and then there's the obvious open world, mini open world, sandboxy, whatever you want to call it, areas that you explore on this thing called the skiff. And it's, think of it like a, like a jet ski, but not ish, like a very big, long jet modified jet ski thing. Anyway, you can use that and you can traverse around the world, the little areas as well. And by doing so, you can find side quests and the side quests are fun because they obviously reward you, um, upgrades for your new buddy, Jack, who I'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But, um, it's great because it gives kind of that, that moment of rest for the characters where they're in something a little different where they can kind of have those dialogues that they wouldn't have in the, in the regular campaign. You know, it's, it's kind of like, oh, we're doing this thing. That said, the side quests are all shoot, you know, waves of enemies. You yeah. kill them. You find things, of course, but it is nice to kind of take them away from that main campaign and have them engage in dialogue that you wouldn't hear otherwise. Like silly quirks, silly conversations. So like, that's nice. Um, but like, it, those parts are good. But where I feel like Gears is great is when it is kind of that 
you know, okay, linear, let's go action, 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 dialogue. Maybe you have like a five to 10 minute moment where you have some like low key downtime where you're just exploring, but then get, throw you back in that action. So have you come across any of those areas yet? Uh, so the first one, yeah. Um, okay. so the beginning of act two is where you will find Alana Pierce's character. Uh, and so I've heard her and it was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think granted, again, I'm super early into this game, but I have enjoyed the pacing of it so much more than I enjoyed Gears 4's pacing because even though, yes, what you do for the majority of this game is shoot things, duh, it's a cover shooter. What else are you going to do? I found like they've been able to break it up so far in such a way where it doesn't just feel like walk into a room, get behind cover, shoot, walk down a hall, right? get behind cover, shoot. Like it, they, they didn't do that, which I actually felt like Gears 4 was at some points, and it, that was part of what was really frustrating me. I just felt really bored of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've really played around, and even they've had some fun with it, which obviously I'm not going to like tell you anything that happens. Um, but some of the missions are, you can tell that the design team had fun figuring out the set piece for the battle and like how it would play out. And they also have a lot of fun with the characters and the way that they are interacting with each other, which makes everything so much better, so much more interesting, so much more fun. It breathes so much life into this game. Uh, Just the way that they all are bouncing off of each other. And like, there was just a twist that I hit and now I'm like, Oh my God, what's happening? And like, so they're really coming to, to together as like a really good story uh, I don't know. My, my words are, words no, are no, hard I today. totally, but I you totally know, like, know it's all kind yes. of coming together to be like, Oh, this is a studio that can tell really interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing wh- where the rest of this campaign goes. Yeah. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it's so true. There's hardly any, there, like there's not a lot of moments of silence and in a good way. It's not like it's all this annoying banter back and forth, but there's enough to always keep you engaged. And the, the writing is so good that even the few sentences you get every here and every now and again, it's enough to tell you a lot about the characters. Yep. And that you really understand like what they're going for, like what their MO is. And I feel like no matter what we, whatever we were doing, they would comment on it, which is so damn nice because that's one of my biggest pet peeves in gaming when something really cool happens, but no one has anything to say about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, no, this is the thing. Like you're like, well, someone, why? yeah. So speaking of characters, Jack is the, the new buddy, the um, new robot, re- new robot friend. Originally is Dave, the Dave's the, yes. the other one. Dave yeah. Is the other one. Um, and so you have Jack and what he does to combat is really fun. So he has these abilities that you, find oh components i think is what the name of them are uh, yes. throughout the levels yeah and you collect them and then you can use them to upgrade jack he has like a skill tree of sorts of sorts yeah that's right and as like those side missions i was mentioning earlier you like you go explore those you find these awesome upgrades for him and that's kind of like the whole point of doing those side quests um and i'm pausing because my computer just beeped at me are you there oh, still? yeah i'm still here okay everyone's still here is everything still recording i think no everything beeping. is recording yeah no beeping okay we are good anyway so yeah like i was saying um what he does is he has these fun abilities you can use in in combat and they have like a little bit of a cooldown, but like they they're really quick so the main ones i used was shock traps which is really convenient when you have a whole bunch of people like running at you you just set them on the ground and it'll just like electrify them and sometimes even explode them and it's really good at slowing down the big guys like the wardens and whatnot nice and then there's this awesome ability that i just got that allows you to confuse enemies and it turns them on their own 
allies. Ooh, so you like can target, sh- can you target the big ones? Yeah, you can target, you can't target like the wardens and stuff like that, but you can target like almost anything else. Like the, you can't target the scions, but you can target, target the bastions, which are the little robots that shield them. Got it. Uh, and it's so, it's adds such a fun little twist to the combat. Um, and man, the combat is super, super intense. And obviously, like Sam was saying, it's, it's a cover shooter, but I think, Gears is mostly known for its amazing combat. And it's so much fun and it's so intense. I can think of three battles in particular where Jason and I probably died like ten times. And it was that thing where it's like, okay, what are we doing wrong? And then we like figured out different strategies. We figured out like what worked and what didn't. But um it always felt really rewarding and only one of them felt unnecessarily punishing. Mm-hmm. But we played on intermediate, so it wasn't you know, we didn't have a hard time or anything like that. But it's just the intensity of the battles. It they, the coalition has really struck an awesome balance of feeling like overwhelmed, but it's not impossible to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also playing on intermediate. So far, I haven't run into any too much trouble. I've been downed a couple of times, but then the AI will just pick me back up. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah. So, so far it's fine. Again, I have met a few more acts to go, but X. I am excited. Like, so I actually got up earlier this morning and played before I had to go to work. And then I was slightly, nice. slightly late to work because I was like, oh, I want to keep playing. <laughs> I just want to play Gears. No, and something else you brought up earlier that I also want to say is just the level design in this game is just so amazing. There's one part in the game where you're in a kitchen. And I was just, like, marveling at it. And Jason thought I was really nerdy for this. But, I mean, I am. You mad, bro. It's just the fact that someone built, like, the most intricate kitchen for, like, a room that you're going to – that most players are just going to run through – in like three seconds and never come back again. But if you just like stop and look around and look at the attention to detail this kitchen has, it's just fucking incredible. And it's like, whoa, like someone took all this time to build this, even though a player is just probably going to run through and hardly ever like take the time to look at it. Yeah. It's just amazing. I've been taking my time through all of the levels and I look around cause I'm also looking for components for the robot. Yeah. Uh, and I also, I actually had a similar thought, Britt. I was like, you know, I feel like probably the majority of players just run through to the next objective. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to, like, walk around. I'm going to see what they've put here and see what what sort of... Because they tell stories, obviously, through what what mm-hmm. is left around the world. And, like, there's one part where you're, you're in this area. Actually, I can't really... Whatever. It's just interesting the way they're like, oh, just setting up some suitcases or some something else can can show you what was going on there right before you oh. came in. And uh so if you are if you go to play this game, which I would suggest you do because you can do it with Game Pass, um just take your time with it. Like be go through the levels, take a look around. Number one, because you'll get components, which is always helpful. And then number two, just like appreciate kind of what people have taken the time to build. It's cool. Yeah. I know exactly what area you're talking about. And that was also my thought too. And it's amazing. Once you look around, you really digest what story is being told through the level design itself. You're like, shit's fucked. Yeah. Shit is dark and twisted. And this is a, you know, you appreciate the, the light banter sometimes the characters have because if you think about what's going on in this world of Gears, Dude, it's really not good. <laughs> Gears of War is definitely one of those. And I don't, I don't take this lightly because I don't think suicide uh-huh. is a thing you should say lightly. But this is a game. And if I lived in this world, I would kill myself 100%. Like there's no way I want those leech things coming after me. I don't want any of these like horde things coming after. Like, no, this yeah. is terrible. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I have the strength or resolve to make it through a world like this. Yeah. It's, uh, 
and I think, yes, I'm right. And I'm happy you said that too, because it's, I mean, I don't want you to do that to yourself. Ever. No, I, yeah. But thankfully, we'll never, happening. Yeah, we're, thankfully, <laughs> we'll never be in Gears of War's world, Sarah. I mean, well, that'll never, I think it's Sarah. That'll never happen. But yeah, I think this is the first game in the series where it's like, you know, things are screwed up, but I think in all video games, things are screwed up. But this is the first time in Gears where I've kind of stopped and looked around and I guess not really ever realized how bad things were. And that's just, again, like the level design. And of course, you know, there's collectibles where you can collect pamphlets and documents and other things that tell like little backstories and whatnot as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just really enjoyed my time with it and I think it's, it deserves all of the praise it's getting. And I did have some connection issues the weekend after, uh, launch, obviously. I mean, but it's kind of like what game doesn't have those issues. Like I'm trying to play Torchlight yeah. 2 right now and I just can't because it just keeps booting us. But, um, so that was kind of frustrating and there was some bugs with like infinite checkpoint saves and whatnot, but, um, I would say, like, the only thing about it, I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about it, are the open world-ish type areas. I'm, I I enjoyed them, and I had fun with them. I just don't know if I felt like they were necessary. Um, and I, I've I mean, read a lot of... I mostly re- optional? Yeah, yeah, it's all optional. Uh, you know, the side stuff is totally optional, but you have to, like, get on the skiff and, like, drive from point A to point B. And maybe if you just do that, it's not as intrusive. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, me, I, I wanted to it's at least try tedious. out... Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to try out all of the side quests, and I did all but maybe two at the very end, which I knew which would have gotten me another jack upgrade component. And it's like, this is fun, and it's it's cool, but I think, again, like I was saying earlier, I think where Gears really shines is when you are in, like, those beautifully paced, where the game kind of, like, forces you to go at its pace. Yeah, and yeah, because yeah. open world, the, the tricky part of open world has always been pacing and storytelling, because <laughs> you can't dictate what the player does. You just kind of are like, well, <laughs> here you go, I guess. I don't know literally where you're going to go. You could go anywhere, and I have to make this make sense. Um, but, so yeah, I haven't gotten to that part yet, So, mm-hmm. I, but I imagine I will likely err on the side of less side quests, because simply I find I get fatigued out of shooters relatively quickly and mm-hmm. unless I'm playing co-op and I'm not playing co-op with anybody right now. So it's just like, well, I'll probably skip most of those side missions and just go through the story because so far the story missions have been very well paced and I've really enjoyed them. Yeah. It's great. And the characters are great. Dell is one of my new husbandos. Yeah. Dell's cool. He, Dell's cool. Yeah. And you know, the game really does set you up for a quite the uh, intense ending. So it's, it's good. Like, it, it's really good, and I would definitely recommend checking it out um, if, you know, it sounds like your kind of thing. So props to the Coalition. You did a great job. It's a great, fantastic game. Woo! Woo! Now, tell right, me Simon. about a game I will never play, Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so Blair Witch, and thank you for the codes as well for this. So um, Blair Witch, obviously Blair Witch has been around since, like, the 90s, I think is when the first one came out, or was it the mid-90s? Why are, why are you asking me? I have no idea. I'm trying to think of what the Blair Witch Project first like, came I don't on, remember. Like, I wasn't paying okay, attention. Okay, hold on. You did all cyber. Okay, hold on. Let me see. The Blair Witch Project movie came out in 1999. Yeah, and it's supposed to take... that a Is that a song? Not in that exact cadence, but yes. Okay. Yeah, so... um. The movie released in 1999 was supposed to take place in 1994. And the creepy... And there's been a few different Blair Witches, like, since then. But the creepy thing about the Blair Witch is it's this area of woods. 
and I played this game like a week and a half ago, so my memory's not totally pristine, but I've seen the movies. Anyway, it's this area of woods, and there's some weird shit going on, and there's like, oh, the Blair Witch, she's coming to get you. But the, the creepy thing, the creepy thing about this lore, whatever, is that you don't really get answers. If you've watched the first movie, you don't really quite understand what happened or why. And movies don't end on like a happy note. Like the thing is never discovered or killed or anything like that. So I was kind of expecting Wait, something so then, like, like, what are the movies? It's just like wandering around like, so the- <laughs> oh, something killed me. And then end of the movie. I mean, that's usually how most scary movies end is like, you think you've solved the problem and you think you're fine. I guess and that's then, like, true. Twist. But in the first movie, for example, um, you know, it just ends with someone finding their friend staring in a corner and then they're like, oh my God, what are you doing? And then the camera gets knocked away and then everyone's dead and then the movie and then it ends. And the idea is, is that this is found footage and everyone's like, oh my God, what the heck happened to these poor college students? Goodness. Like that's, they went to the woods. That's the problem. They went to the woods. Don't go anywhere. Stay in your dorm room. Stay on campus. So it's been like, reports of missing people went not in the woods and this is going back to kind of the 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 movie um you know people have been missing in the woods or and think weird things have happened so these kids go out and they go camping and then they wake up and they hear like weird screaming in the woods they hear sounds they wake up they, they're walking in literal circles um they don't know how any something's messing with them and you never really quite get like the closure it's the so which it's the Witch of the Blair. So in the Blair Witch game, um, which is developed by Bloober. So again, thank you, Bloober, for the, the review code. Um, it, I was kind of expecting something more along that line. Now the game is spooky. It has like its moments where like, you know, you're in the pitch black. All you have is your flashlight and you have your dog, which is like a really good boy. You have your dog? You have a dog in the, in the, um. Oh no, is the dog okay? <laughs> Let me, I can't remember the dog's name. Bullet. Um, <clears throat> I, I will not spoil anything about the dog. Okay. But. I mean, I'm never playing this game, I don't care. But yes, yeah, so obviously if you're listening and you're excited, don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you have, yeah, so it's you, you're, okay, so you're, um, you're a dude and you're going into the woods, you have your dog, Bullet, and you're like, we're gonna go try to find this missing, this missing kid. So you go out into the woods to Just do this. Just leave him. He's lost. Just, just leave him. Oh no. <laughs> and you, so you, you go to search this kid. There's already like a search, uh, effort underway and you just go with your dog. You recently like, you know, having some like relationship issues and you're just thinking like, this is going to be good for me. So you, <laughs> ah, yeah. So a nice is... jaunt in the wood will, woods will fix all of my relationship issues <laughs> I know because I know. I'm it's... going to die out here. <laughs> fucking terrible and so you get out there then like sure as shit like you know kind of weird things start happening you know so the game takes place in the mid 90s as well i believe and i say that because the phone that he carries with him and it's acts as your uh your ui for everything it's an old like nokia kind of phone where it has like some games on it and it has like the like green back screen that's like all lit up and those of you who are young probably are like what the heck are these kids what are we talking about that was the way the cell phones were back phones back in the day old cell phones yeah and so the battery lasted for four days dude the best it was the best and the battery does last and it's and it's great uh and so you know you you're going there with your flashlight your cell phone some dog treats your wallet and a walkie-talkie. Wait, and do you not have any food for yourself? No. It's, I don't know what this man is Stupid. Thinking. Stupid I don't, man. I don't, I don't know what this man is thinking. You're going to have to eat dog treats. <laughs> I know. And, of course, you have your camcorder as well. Like, obviously, that's kind of the staple. Yeah, um, of course. So the guy's name is Ellis. He goes into the woods. And, you know, then, like, weird things kind of start happening to him. And I'm like, okay, like, this is kind of freaky. I can see this. And the dog is great. You can tell it's to, like 
go search. You can have it stay by your side. You can have it stay. You can you can pet the dog. Like it, don't send the poor pupper out to search. He stays with you at all times. I know, poor puppy. Uh, but the 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 thing about it that kind of turned me off is the game more tells. Um, a personal story of the main character, Ellis, and it seems more like he's struggling with his um, personal and PTSD because of the woods around him. And while it is a very interesting story, I don't know if his story was right for the Blair Witch game. I, when I think so of the Blair Witch, of a Blair Witch story and more of uh, the Sky story, right? Exactly. And uh, some people didn't. Some people thought that was the most interesting part of the game, but I think what I had kind of had maybe because it for. has answers. <laughs> I know. I think you're right. I'm someone like twisted and messed up. I just want to like go into the woods. I want to get fucked with. And I don't want to know why. I just want to. Like, I want some quote for the ages. <laughs> well, because Bloober Team is so good. You know, Layers of Fear and Layers of Fear Two and Observation. Like they're so good at these kind of games, and I love them so much. And it, this is a fine game. It's just not kind of what I had wanted or expected from it. But I will say, you know, in, in the final act, while it does drag on a little long, um, it, that's really where I think it shined and really where the talents of Bloober stood out because it is, you are in like this area and you have your camcorder and you're like, oh my God, like this does feel like something that would have happened in the movie. And that's when I found myself enjoying it the most. Um, there are some weird design choices, you know, there's one thing where you literally walk in a circle for like a few minutes at it for no real reason. You don't understand why you're doing it. And you, there's multiple, it, it's weird. It's hard to explain without spoiling anything, but it's just some of the things I'm like, why would you do that? And the combat just feels like it wasn't necessary. The combat is essentially you pointing your flashlight at these like wood monsters who are trying to come after you. And the only way you know where they're at is if your dog, like, you know, if Bullet is, like, barking at them. And then you kind of, like, aim your flashlight where the dog is barking. And then you catch them. And then, oh, a big bright flash goes off. And then you do, like, three times. And it just didn't feel necessary. Um, you just wanted to die in the woods. I d- no. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, I-, I wouldn't have minded dying in the woods if it was, like, a weird, like, oh, my God. And then you, like, piece it all together. But sure. Anywho. Yeah. And there's multiple endings. But... The did way you, did you look up the multiple endings after I finished the game because I wasn't happy. Yeah, and they were any said, of like, them satisfying to you? Would you like? Were no. you like, oh, I wish I would have had that one? No, I mean the one I had, I think, was fine. But there's two endings. Capital F fine. Capital F fine. It, the the weird thing is to get if okay if you're gonna go into this game and you want and you I don't know if you'd want to play it twice and you want to try to get like the better ending. I would if you want to consider a better ending. I would say, like, just look it up because there are some things that the game really encourages you to do. And it's like, hey, here's this thing right in front of you. This is Here's a button prompt. You should do this. And if you do it once, you ruin all chances. And this happens within the first, like, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes of the game. Well, maybe, like, uh, the first, so it's like, like Bioshock when, like, the if you kill yeah. one little sister, you're doomed. Yeah, and it's stuff that you wouldn't – that it doesn't – you would never even, like, think about it. It's weird. Yeah. So, anyway, like, yeah, the, it's the all games. mind games. This is the mind game that you wanted, Brittany. It is. I it's, guess this really I is, mean, Simer. You got me, perfect. girl. You got 10 me. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's it's definitely spooky. It's definitely creepy. I don't think the personal story needed to be told in this game. I think it would have been better stayed for a different kind of game. I think Blair Witch, what comes along with that, is a certain set of expectations. But I mean, yeah, it's 
if you're into spooky things and you are scared of being in the woods and there's some, and there are some puzzles in there that I'm like, why are these even in here? I don't know. Anyway, I still live a game and not a walking uh, simulator. I guess. I mean, that's the thing that like, they don't, you don't need to. Like, but maybe they felt like fine. it. Well, I love Bluebird team, but I don't think it was the right design choice. Fair enough. But that's just my opinion. And, but still, they're a great studio and you should support them. All right, Samer, what's this Nights and Bikes? You don't know about Nights and Bikes? I don't. I'm okay, really cool so right this now. is from our good friends at Double Fine. Also, thank you for the code. Um, so I love a lot of things that Double Fine does because they're just like cute and quirky and I, I the aesthetics of them always oh, draw yeah, me in. I see. Yeah, and Nights and Bikes aesthetically reminds me very much of like a costume quest sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Not well, not for one for one but by any means, but just generally, I guess. Um and so it's the story of two girls who are relatively young. I don't they don't really say exactly how young that they are, and I'm terrible with children and guessing ages, <laughs> so I'm not going to try. Um but it's a story of friendship basically between these two girls who are going out on adventures together and they pretend to be like knights essentially and the bikes are like their steeds. And it's a really fun little game. It's the, there is combat. So it's not just like running around. It's not walking sim. It's not anything. It like, it has actual gameplay to it. Uh, it, a lot of that is based on the fact that first of all, Brittany, you would love this game because it's co-op. Oh, perfect. And so you either play as Demelzia or Nessa, and each of them have different moves, different weapons. As you, like, go through the world, you'll power them up. Uh, well, not power them up. You will basically find new weapons for your arsenal that do different mm-hmm. things. And it's sort of... There's not a ton of this, but there is a little bit of the... Um, Ma- this part of the map will un- unlock later sort of a thing once you get a certain scale. There's not a lot of it, but there's, it's very minimally there. Like a little bit of like seasoning salt on oh, on, oh. The, uh, on the on the recipe. Sprinkle of steamer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really cute game, and then it like explored friendship, and especially like kind of at that age and what it means and how relationships are. And uh, it also really explored some some more deep. I'm trying to like be super vague because I don't want to mm-hmm. give away a story, but it does explore deeper elements with one of the girls. I think my my main bummer is like it doesn't explore the other one very much. She's just kind of there as like a set piece. And like you get their relationship, but you don't get any backstory on her or where she's come from or like mm. why she's there. And uh that was sort of a, a miss for me. I wish that they had explored both girls' stories equally. Um, but maybe the sequel, who knows? Uh and mm. otherwise I I really I think this game is also beautiful. Like the colors are super rich, the lighting mm. is fantastic. There were a few moments where I got irritated because of the way that they were trying to cinematically do the camera made me feel almost claustrophobic. It was like a little too far in and you would like not be able to quite tell where you're supposed to go. So you're like running into walls and shit and you're like, wait, uh, what? Uh, I don't know if that, yeah. it's, it's harder to explain exactly, but I bet it, it, at certain points it was difficult to maneuver properly because they were so zoomed in and I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go. It doesn't, oh, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen at an, enough times where I noticed that I was like, that's annoying. Why are you doing this? Let me zoom out. This looks really cute. I'm loving the art style. How long uh, did it take you to beat it? Um, I don't know how many hours. I started over the weekend, and then I p- 
put in a few hours every night. Um, so it's not super long. It's not super short. Kind of somewhere in the middle. I'd say maybe four to six. Okay. Something like that. It's not too uh, bad. Perfect. Uh, and there are a lot of like co-op sort of puzzly things in the sense that you'll need to figure out which one of the girls should be doing whatever move to like um, help you move forward. So it's like a lot of environmental puzzles and then combat you'll like be fighting these cursed things and uh to start with I'll just give you like an idea. So um Demelzia does a lot more of the stompy sort of stuff like more melee kind of things. Nessa's a little bit more ranged. Um and so like uh Demelzia has like wellies and she can just like kick and stomp. <laughs> and Nessa starts with the frisbee where you just like toss it at people or you can charge them up and basically shotgun spread out. And that was really fun. It, I really feel like this game has to shine with co-op. I'm super sad I played it by myself. But Aww. even though I was playing alone, I was having a good time with it because it's such a beautiful, cute, quirky little game. It's Again, I think I already said this, but it's part of the reason why I love Double Fine is that they make things like this. And mm-hmm. I just think they're really unique and special. And uh, you should support them. Yeah. yeah, it looks it looks cute. Is it kind of like a would you say a feel good game? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. Good. Not all games. of the elements of the story are feel good. Like it definitely, sure. like I said, it, it it explores some tougher conversations, um, but it doesn't bring you down. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot. No, that's good. Know? Yeah. yeah no. So so yeah, it's like it, it it touches both light and dark. I would say, uh, and it does so fairly well. Oh, it looks adorable. I had no idea if somehow this game completely yeah. slipped my radar and it looks adorable. It, yeah. It is adorable. It's out now. It was out on August 27th. Um, it's on PlayStation 4, Xbox, I think, you know, PC, all the usual spots. Mm-hmm. I played it on PlayStation 4. Um, and then the other thing I really love is I love the way they've animated it. So Demelzia is a little, uh, redheaded girl who has like kind of two Leia E buns that just like bounce around and the way and that they had animated her. her, I like, her faces throughout the game are the absolute best. Oh. She makes she makes Brit faces. She makes she, oh my god, she's like say. she's you. She's you as a little girl. <laughs> I just am now realizing this whole crap because like the faces get so intense sometimes, and you are oh just god. like whoa. Because what are you doing, girl? Story, Nessa is supposed to be a little bit. It's hinted that Nessa is older than mm-hmm. Demelzia. They don't quite. They don't really say how much or anything. Again, so yeah, uh, I'm but. You can really tell they they animate them very beautifully. Nessa's like sort of the tough one who saunters a bit more, and then uh-huh. Demelzia is just like blah, like spazzing out, oh my God, running it is around, me. and it's so so cute. So if you have somebody that you like playing co-op co-op games with, I would definitely pick this up. Uh, if you have kids, I think this would be a decent one too. If you are, you know, looking for a thing to pick up and play, if you have like a you know daughters or health sons, whatever. It's no, fun. totally. Actually, I'm going to text Jason right now and tell him to get this downloading because this looks really cute because I've been playing like a lot of not dark, but just I'm kind of like looking for a little bit of a palate cleanser because, you know, obviously Gears, you know, it's intense. It's not mm-hmm. like a depressing game, but it's intense in Blair Witch. And I hopped into Deadly Premonition Origins, which is a ride all in itself. And so I'm like, I need something like a you little need something cute. bright. Yeah. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. Nights there and Bikes. Go. Nights uh, as in like Knights of the Round Table, not yeah. night as in the time of day. 
Not the time of day. Yeah, we got freaking Borderlands coming up. Um, just to talk real quick about Deadly Premonition Origins. I don't have too much to say about this right now because I, I think the patch just went live yesterday, but there's this gnarly audio bug that's, again, can you believe it, Simer? I'm having another audio. How? Patch. I don't, how is this possible? Oh, <laughs> uh, to be fair, like, it's not just me. It's a known issue, but it's funny because but they've all I, been known issues. You just always get them. <laughs> I know. And like the audio cuts out after like 20 minutes, but you know, in a game, like deadly premonition it's almost okay it's almost fine because those games i mean for those who don't know do you want to give a little backstory on what deadly premonition i don't even like or were you not did you not oh i never played it back in the day i remember when it launched i know it's one of the most polarized games because like again to bring up alana it's her favorite game of all time but then some people gave it like a two out of ten so i was at ign when this game came out um and Eric Brodvig, still a friend of mine, was reviewing it. And oh my God, at first he was like really into it. And by the end, he hated it. He was just <laughs> like, oh, this game is so broken and stupid. And I, was, I know. And it, 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 it is. But I, I fucking so, love it. Yeah. So this game originally came out in 2010 for those who might be confused. It is a survival horror game. And uh, it's kind of one of those, if you fall under the camp of it's so bad, it's good. That's where this fell if you liked it. Or you were like, no, it's just bad. Like, so that's, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Cause I've been trying, I've been wrapping my poor brain. I've been rocking. I'm like, how do I describe to people that this is not a good game, but it's so good at the same time? Yes. It's just like, it's so bizarre and so weird. I did try it originally back when it first came out. I played it for maybe like 30 minutes and I remember thinking how ridiculous it was, but I, I I've never forgotten it. And so when it came out on the switch, obviously Nintendo had their, their big thing last week. Um, I was like, okay, now is a good time to hop in. But there's this audio bug that's plaguing me, and the audio cuts out, and then it's not so terrible. But it's just whatever. So I think it's fixed now. So I'm maybe like seven hours into it at the moment, and it's just so beautiful, and I just want to love it and take care of it. Oh and my like god, nurse it to health. I know okay. I can't help it, Simer. No, it's weird. Fair. Again, yeah, like I said, it's it's either it's so bad it's good, or it's this is just bad. And for me, I think I would probably side with Brodvig and like, for me, it would just be a bad game, but. No, it's, yeah, for sure, because it's frustrating. I've definitely had like a few moments where I'm like, okay, breathe, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of driving and you have a map. I hate driving in video games. There's no way to mark where you gotta go. You just literally gotta open up your fucking map in your menu and like look at it and like kind of like rotate and like be like, okay, how do I get, what street do I turn on? So it's like, that's kind of an annoying bug. It's the kind of game where you have to save at like manual locations. Like you, there's no, you know, like auto save or anything like that. And it's hard to figure out like how fast travel works or how anything works in this game. So I'm finding myself on the couch with my iPad. It's a game fact, like walkthrough. And I'm like, okay, so what do I have to do? Cause it's, it's just, yeah, it's like the thing I want to play it, but it's like, I don't have that much time to dedicate to like learning this whole system. So I'm just using a guide and it's helped. It's made my life a little easier. Yeah. But. I would think you would need to, if, if you are like <laughs> us and need to churn through a bunch of games. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's a beautiful baby. But I think that essentially covers it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I am trying to dabble in Torchlight too, but there's this unfortunate issue. I don't know if it's other platforms, but on Xbox, it's booting people out of your game if you're trying to play co-op. So I've had to set that down. Obviously, we got Borderlands coming up. We will be playing that all weekend. And yeah, that's going to be a game in itself. But yeah, yeah, the same. I think 
I think that's it. Am I missing anything? Not that I can think of. Got a nice short and sweet one for you this week. Yeah. I think we we milked it. I talked about Final Fantasy VII a little bit, so I could try to like... <laughs> I was like, I gotta give us some padding. No, but it's all good. It was a another fun episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. So if you did, remember, go counter people who leave us one-star reviews saying that we're fake or we mispronounce people's names too much. Well, I mean... We do. It's accurate that we mispronounce people. We do. Absolutely. But please don't dock us three stars for it. I'll accept one star deduction and that's it. Yeah, but don't do it. Just give us five. Please just give us five because you need to make up for the people who deduct three. Please help us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening on, wait, I would say watching on iTunes and listening on YouTube, but that's completely ass backwards. Strike that. Reverse it. Thanks for watching on youtube.com slash what's good games and listening on podcast services wherever you listen to. All right, friends, I'm hot. I'm sweaty. Simer is beautiful. We're going to call it and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Farewell. Have a good life. Don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to sing forever and ever until I hit the stop button. Which uh, is gonna I'm going to stop right now. now. Okay, bye.